Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. All you serialites, I am Dan Grimshay, as always, and joining me is Sexy Jesus, Mark E. Rock me, rock me, rock me, Sexy Jesus, pop, shoot, pop. <laughs> that song is awesome. It's catchy as hell. I love it. That, so for for everybody listening, and I know, Mark E, we, we, I, I warned you this was coming. Okay. And you said, no, I don't know that movie. I don't know that song. And I then, thought it was, and then you heard it, and you said, "Oh yeah, I know this." Yeah, but you really don't. No, I was way wrong. Yeah, yeah. This is a song written for the movie Hamlet Two, uh-huh. which nobody saw. It's a damn shame because it's a great movie. Steve Coogan, big uh, British comedian, you might know him from uh, Tropic Thunder. Uh, Isn't he hosting the one of the night shows now? No, but he looks and sounds just like he might a as couple well of be. people who Yeah. Yeah. They're all taking but over. He's one of he's actually Immigrants. he's actually really good. But the uh, uh the movie Hamlet two was filmed uh, I don't know, but at least ten years ago. It was filmed in and this is the story I haven't told you yet, Marky. I can't wait. It was filmed in Albuquerque. Well I'm from there. No, me too. <laughs> okay. It was filmed at my high school. No way. At West Mesa. High school. So that, go ahead and put me and the school on blast. That stage that we saw? Yes, I showed that we, we, we got that, that audio from a clip where ostensibly it's the stage. I don't know. I don't have confirmation. It's got to be the stage. But apparently, and I do have a, a good friend who still works. We went to school together there, mm-hmm. and he's been a teacher there from oh, I know what you're talking about. years. Yeah, yeah. He was working there when they came in, and they... Literally said, okay, we want to film a movie here. Do you mind? This is Cash Trap, New Mexico we're talking about. They said, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. West Mesa yeah. High School. And they the said, do you mind if we, you know what, we were looking for what was supposed to be kind of a the, a crappy high school. Do you mind if we rebuild a lot of the facades to make them look slightly better? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is a true story. It's kind of pathetic. And when they left, they were about to tear them down to to let them have the uh-huh. old school back. And the they go, no, said, uh, it's okay. We'll, we'll take care of this. You guys, you guys go on 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 home to Hollywood. It covered up all the graffiti. good luck. Sadly, and this is a great movie, by the way. This is a big plug for the movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Hamlet Two. Look it up. It was by uh, at least one or. Two of the writers from South Park back yeah, in the Trey Parker mid nineties. Not them. Oh, it wasn't from actually uh, uh, Trey Parker or 
Matt Stone? Yes. You got <laughs> it. Lucky into I was really trying not to name some fish <laughs> okay. singers. All right. All right. Uh, but the, uh, the the movie itself really bombed. It's a shame. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Hamlet 2, great story about a high school drama teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's got all the drama nerds. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to what I want to ask you about, Mark, mm-hmm. because I actually do have knowledge about this, and I hope you're honest. But we talk a lot about the geek things here on the show. Almost exclusively. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And about how we're we're getting our due. Mm-hmm. You know, pop culture, now we have bended it to our will. That's right. Yeah. Dark side. But there were, because we were, we were the nerds in high school, mm-hmm. we're coming up, but what about theater nerds? They were always a special subgroup. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know absolutely. you... I know we have our own regional word for them, which is... We actually used to call them pack rats. That's right, and tell us why. Well, pack is in P-A-C, which mm-hmm. means performing arts center. Yep. So we, so we were the pack rats. And a lot of... Uh, I think everyone that goes to high school needs to have this kind of experience where you're just a part of a group. Mm-hmm. It's just they're, every group, you know, they... they yeah. There's all kinds of groups. I mean, it's the foundation for the exactly. community exactly. that we talk about on and the show. Yeah. It's, it's the people that you bond with, you have the inside stories with, the inside jokes with. Like, the real memories are with your groups. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's basketball, fine, football, chess club, you know, choir, yeah, whatever. The, have the your further group band. you get out from high school, the less it matters and what you, it was. Exactly. When you bond with those people, it means everything. And a lot of times... You know, it's the outcasts, and most of the time, everybody feels like they're the outcast. You know, like it's yeah, it's you know, everybody has those. It's moments. us against I them. I think that's part of adolescence, right. anyway. Right. Just so happens they group us together in schools, and we have to go through uh-huh. this. Thus, the cliques are born. Exactly. And there's just that perfect little kind of nerdy click. All right, just lay it out, Marky. You were in theater. Yeah. You were a I was pack actually rat in yourself. Worse. I was musical theater. <laughs> yeah. There's video that exists of me dancing and singing. It's horrible. The idea that it's out there. Yeah. That's why I don't give my last name. Yeah. And 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 those <laughs> of you listening, you have to remember we're talking about back in the 90s. This this yeah. is when this is when Will and Grace was on the air. Yeah. Which I think is already Friends. I think millennials yeah. consider Will and Grace like Amos and Andy. <laughs> You think so? I mean, <laughs> wow. It, it is, it's got that much yeah. heat. It's like, You're right. wow, that wow. whole show is stereotypes. You're right. You're right, it is. Yeah. It's, and so that's how much the culture has changed. Since I then. wonder if kids today, and and this is, this is, I think, evidence that maybe it has been, it's already started to be accepted. Because I know on this show, you've never talked about being in theater. Not specifically, but I think it actually informs pretty much everything that I do. <laughs> like that's how <laughs> that's how important that time of my life was. You well, know, of course, it, yeah. You know, like it's it's um, and uh, there are there are lessons that my my musical teacher would like tell me that I still kind of think about. Mm. You know, and it, yeah, a lot of it has to do with like projection and 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 all that kind of stuff. But even when you're when you're in the boardroom. You believe have, in yep. yourself, you Mark. To, yeah. if, if Why you could, don't you if, stop with the graffiti and petty theft? That's right. And come with us, boy, boy, <laughs> crazy boy. I was the end. Yes, I was in West Side Story. 
I was, wow. a, I was a shark. Of course you were a shark. They're not <laughs> going to get to be a jet. No, I'm not a Come jet. Come on. I know. It's but fun. the truth is we both have high school theater backgrounds. Yeah. We were theater geeks. All right? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just say word, let's Pack just rats. Say but there were some great things about that that may be exclusive to some of the other cliques. Mm-hmm. And let me just go over a few. All right. All right. You get to wear funny clothes. So that's cool. Yeah. All right. And if you're kind of into it, even if you're a dude, you get to put on some makeup once in a while. All right? That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. All right? You know, even if it's, you know, think about it. All, all, the, all the cool rock stars it, had if it. We're, if we're know? just checking boxes of the kind of freedoms right? you could get you, you at could high school, which, which was a big thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You always want to explore what freedoms you have. Yeah. Theater does offer a lot. You get to actually go on stage, which might be the most terrifying part of it, but you actually get to go on stage and sing and dance around and act like a fool. You, I wasn't musical theater. Yeah. I want to remind you again. <laughs> you silly well, shark. but this is it, though. But this but is it. No, 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 no. This is I it. This I is shouldn't it. dig. You're actually kind of touching on something that I think is important, and I didn't even realize that until I was doing a little research. I knew that we were going to be talking about musical theater, uh-huh. and I went onto the YouTube and I just started watching just like random high school musicals. You know, yeah. Just clips of other high schools doing stuff. I think they and us, at the time, all thought that we were doing great, like we were that we were singing and that we were acting and that we were dancing right. You know, like there's like this confidence in their faces about what they're doing. Pretty much all of them. Well, and yet it fine. looks horrible. <laughs> it looks bad. <laughs> So why the pride and equality don't quite (laughs) equate? But but I think that's the best. There's this youthful exuberance that is showing on stage of these high schools, you know, and it's it's obviously it's like propelled by all the parents in the room, you know. Yeah, you know, it's all this positive energy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's positive reinforcement, which is kind of I think what what's the point? Why they (laughs) sold tickets for money? For high school yeah. plays, that, that's got to be the only reason. I think my my best performance was probably as uh, Earthquake Magoon in Little Abner. You guys have got to put some uh, Google that because oh, I, I, I'm pretty stuff. sure our listeners wouldn't have to Google that. <laughs> no one knows what Little Abner is. Earthquake anymore. Magoon in Little Abner. Magoon, yeah, he oh. was the big doofus. He was the big ogre of like the neighborhood. Uh, one of my um, my English teacher gave his review, and he said that uh, he said that I was as evil as an October sky, but sounded like a summer moon. He was really hippie. <laughs> he I, got so high. He, so he actually wanted my Magoon shirt. If, seriously, if, if if you you can watch like the movie or any clip, usually the Magoon character. Has like a derby hat on, uh, a jacket, and his T-shirt has Magoon on it. You know, like Mac and then Goon. All right, man. All right. I, I'm seriously so kind of pause the podcast here just to ask you <laughs> seriously: Did your English teacher ask for your shirt? Yes, he wanted it after the performance. What the <laughs> are you talking about? He he was are inspired. <laughs> Or he just really wanted to look like Magoon. Yeah, I don't know that's what it was. <laughs> oh man, that is... he was a good guy. I don't remember his name, 
but he also did a but lot if of you local. See him, please call police. No, no, no. He he was a he was a good guy. He did a lot of like um, uh, stand-in acting. Uh, he was in Wyatt Earp. I remember that. He was in the Kevin Costner movie hmm? at Wyatt Earp. Yeah, I, I cannot remember his name. Uh. Good guy. He's probably dead by now. <laughs> you gotta say nice things, <laughs> just in case. Just if he's still alive, yeah, yeah, fuck him. You know, nah, whatever. <laughs> so what the hell are we talking about? Uh, we were talking about theater. Okay, we did to... get off track. But, I actually uh, would like to know. Um, I've known you a long time. You have. Okay. The Performing Arts Center might mean something a little different to you. Oh, Please elaborate. I've got, yes, uh, Marquis has asked a beta question. And, and for those who can't see him, which would be all of you, a little, little, little glean in his eye. Yes, this is something I was kind of hoping wouldn't come up. But, uh, hell, since we got time to kill and everybody's listening, why not? Yeah. Yes, I lost my virginity <laughs> backstage uh, during a rehearsal. In the catwalk. Uh, not in the catwalk. Oh, I thought you in the catwalk. It, it was it, no. It's, I thought it, it was it, like hanging from the bars, like all fucking badass. It's oh no. <laughs> oh that would have been nice. It didn't happen that way. Okay. <laughs> no, my God, it would have been so hard. I would have fallen as soon as I started sobbing like a baby. I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, actually waiting for my cue and knowing there was a lot of pages and it was just rehearsal and. It would take a while. I forget what magic phrase I used with my girlfriend at the time. And, uh-huh. yep, in the alcove. Oh, my God. So, theater geek for life. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's the best. Oh, yeah. Mine was in a car. I don't remember her name. It was horrible. You, you, you I remember all my car's names. No, I, I, I know the car's name. I don't remember the girl's name. Ah. Well, I, her last name, I could say this. Probably. No, I shouldn't say it. I, I should say it. What the hell? Well, it sounds like you know her full name. No, no. I don't remember her first name, but her last name was Danzig. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I swear to God. That's why I can remember it, because it was the name of the band. Her last name no, was Danzig. No, it wasn't Danzig. That's like a real last really? name. Yeah. And she was from Canada. <laughs> oh, oh wait, she was a a model. wait a minute. Yeah. She was a model. <laughs> you guys wouldn't know her. Yeah. She goes to school she, in Canada. <laughs> Oh, see see how easy it was for us to go right down memory lane, talking about high school memories yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, theater was our memory. I mean, that was it. And theater's memory. I mean, geeks the whole time, but we do have a little theater geek in us. We all, yeah, we're there, and uh, we do for sure. But that's something we we I first the the only reason we're we're doing a show about this is because you and I were talking about it. We're like. We always talk about the geeks, but we never talk about theater. Yeah, and it's still. And I knew important. that you were in theater, and you knew I was in theater, and yet you and I never talk about theater. Nope. What was the last time we went to see a play? You and I have not have never seen a play. Twenty years, we've never seen a play together. That's I'm not challenging true. you. I'm agreeing. I think you're right. I know you. All right, so yeah, we live in. You've been to Jersey San Diego. Boys. We, yes, I saw Jersey Boys before it ever went to Broadway, to Broadway yeah. but only because uh, this girl yeah. took me there, yeah. and it was it was a great experience. I was like, "Holy cow, that was that was really that should be on Broadway." <laughs> yeah, and there it was, and, and then off it went, and now it's a Clint Eastwood movie. 
Yeah, but we uh, we live no further away from the La Jolla Playhouse, a world famous mm-hmm. originator of Broadway plays. I have a feeling, as we're speaking, they are either putting up a set, taking down a set, yep. or performing on a set. Absolutely, something good right there. We've never done that. How many times have we been to Comic Con together? Oh, at least eight times. Does that mean we're ignoring our theater geek <laughs> side? That that's uh, what that's what we haven't been able to answer. I think no. Should we be ashamed? Um, Is that the last one to come out? What I think. What I think it 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 highlights is that musical theater and like taking in a show still has its same place now as it ever did. It's something that is a special occasion. You do very, you know, rarely, and you enjoy the hell out of it every time you do. You know, every musical that I could think of over the last ten years that I've seen, every time I walk out of there going, God, I gotta, I, we, I have to do more theater. I never do. Because time and costs and just you know it's a production to get out there, you know. Um, but I've but seen. Why would it be different from like going to the movies? Because that's, just a that's little popcorn. More it's it's nothing. You you. you can but see it's it basically the same idea. It's not. There's something about going. I mean, to just a show. as far as like leaving your house, going to enjoy some entertainment, and then you know eventually coming back home. It's the same thing that you would do. Going for a long meal at a restaurant or going to the movies. I think. Why don't we do that more? Well, because when you go see a musical or a, a play, something live, yeah, you're in a certain, in certain ways, you are a part of the production. Your energy, your air. I think you know, you're onto like, it there. You know, I so think, yeah. it's it's a it's it's an event for you. It's a taxing thing. It's a, yeah. You know, your takes from it takes you. from you. To it, do it. You are you are active as an audience, mm-hmm. even if you just sit there in like a dramatic play. But you see these actors doing these emotions that usually are on a fifty foot screen in a movie. It is different to be in the room with them. It's it's, it's amazing. Theater it's like a is magic totally show. different, but it can never get bigger or really different. You can have more spectacle, but it, there is. A it always comes for down. It. it always comes down and to the people. And it's always about being in the room exactly. with them. So this is something that can never get bigger. The bigger it gets, you know, the worse it is. And they tried to break it, I guess, with Spider-Man, and killed dozens of people. <laughs> it's like two. It wasn't dozens. Two, mm-hmm. maybe. But yep. even still, two is a lot. But, you know, um, so, <laughs> so look. Two so look. is more than you want from your average Broadway production. So, two is all the so people that John Landis killed. Theater has a certain line, so it can't expand anymore. It can't be like Hollywood making 3D movies, CG, blowing up cities. So it is always going to be a certain corralled area. As a matter of fact, the bigger it gets, the worse it gets. Right. Yeah. I mean, because you're just further away from the energy, further away yeah. from the center. You're less of a participant at that point. Yeah. And it's also like, if you're like, um, one of the plays that I've seen in the last ten years is Wicked, and it, Wicked is Wicked. Wicked is amazing. You're like a part of the audience. You can smell the smoke. You can see them. You can, you know, smell is all is involved all of a sudden. You know, and then they'll do some like special effect on the stage. Now, if that special effect was in Disney's The Wizard in film, it would suck. <laughs> it's the worst effect. It's the worst effect you've ever seen. Right? It's horrible. It would draw you out. Yes. Of 
the uh, the actual exactly. viewing experience. Exactly. But you see something like that on stage, and when you see the the creativity and even the special effect is a performance in itself. You know, I was in a production of Don Quixote. And, oh, Don Quixote. Yeah. And with the ends in there. Some like two people actually played the windmill. You know, uh, they were acting as the windmill. So you know, the props and the sets, it all has this kind of human element to it. Mm-hmm. And there's performances everywhere. It's, it's wonderful. It's a big thing. And we, we, every time we do it, we love it. But we don't do it often. And that's what makes yeah. it so special. See? And, and because there's a point where you can't do it that often. Yeah. It's, and, and then the big question is, does that make it, just, just by the fact that it still exists, does that make it pretentious? Does that make it seem <sighs> like, well, you can do 3D movies where they can show you anything. There is something about... You can stay at home, you can read a book, you can do anything else, but watching a bunch of people put on some makeup and act like other people for a couple hours. But that's what you're doing with TV and movies. But but the the fact that you don't have the budget, the Mm razzle-dazzle, although it's the highest possible definition, it's not HD. It is better than you know what I mean. It's real. It's, yeah, it's better than 3D because it's well, like, and that's really what I think I appreciate most about my high school experience is that I have an, that. I have an appreciation for these performances and for these events. And every time I get to go, I'm the luckiest guy in the room. The bird that ate the canary. You know what I mean. <laughs> You know, I know in a way, no matter how poorly we we probably were, <laughs> yeah. I know in a way how much those people worked, how much they practiced. I know that they're having a great time back there, you know, most of the time. No. Nope. You know, I know that there's people back there that are fondling each other, falling in love with each other, uh-huh. that are breaking up with each other. It's got its own drama back there. There's a whole life back there. And, that's uh, right. I think that's really sweet, you know. And and you feel that when you're in the audience for theater because when you sit and watch a movie, they have twenty thousand names in the yeah. credits. You know a few of them hooked up. You know there were some <laughs> yeah. nice storylines, some nice yeah. drama follow yeah. through. I'm sure, and we'll never know. But we never think about that. It's the office everywhere. But yeah. when you're there in the room with them, when there's nothing but separating us yeah. from the performance, but a ledge. And nothing separating the performance from the backstage but a curtain. Mm-hmm. Well, once you've been a theater geek, <laughs> you know something's going on That's back right. there. That's right. And you know what it is? Enough of this, because we actually had a chance to talk uh-huh. to an actual Broadway star. Turns out, unfortunately, for our little narrative, she wasn't a big theater geek. But she is a big theater star. Mm-hmm. I Chantel Riley, who uh, plays Nala on Broadway, that's Broadway mofos, mm-hmm. in The Lion King. Disney's The Lion King. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and also, she's also going to be uh, appearing uh, alongside an all-star cast in Race. The Jesse Owens story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this movie looks good. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be one of those big ones. Yeah, it's uh, so February 19th that's coming out, so uh, check your calendars. That might be real soon, well, depending on your time zone. February 19th is always on the same day. You don't got to check your calendars <laughs> on February 19th. 
let's all synchronize our calendars. <laughs> star of stage and very soon star of screen, Chantel Riley, Magic Interview Machine. Take us there. I am talking with Chantel Riley, a bona fide Broadway star who, I'm guessing a little later today, you have a commitment on stage? I sure do. <laughs> that That is, and I think commitment must be a big buzzword for people on, on Broadway, or people in theater in general. I mean, you commit to these shows. Yes, we do eight shows a week, sometimes nine. I am lucky if I have eight or nine meals a week. <laughs> that's, that's, and, and by the way, why don't you tell everybody which show this is we're talking about? Um, my name is Chantel. I play Nala on Broadway in The Lion King. The Lion King, a little one I think a lot of even our listeners have heard of. <laughs> that, that is so awesome. And also, uh, you're, you're in the new upcoming, uh, Jesse Owens biopic, Race. Yes, which I, I do want to cover a lot more later, but first, I have got this is a rare opportunity for me, so I've got to pick your brain as a theater nerd. I hope you don't. Okay, mind. no problem. Well, see, here on the show, uh, we uh, okay. we talk a lot about uh, kind of our worldview is that of of the 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 nerds, the comic book nerds, the uh, Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragon nerds. We're we're all kind of having our comeuppance now in in popular culture. Right. And here on the show, a lot of us, though we gleefully talk about how often we go to Comic-Con and, and we, we love superheroes before they had movies, we also, almost all of us here on the show, have high school theater backgrounds that we don't oh. really discuss much. <laughs> Are you ashamed? Well, see, that's what that that that's kind of been our internal conversation when we uh, where we're talking about <laughs> my my opportunity to speak with you today. We said, should we bring it up? I mean, I think we should. And then it got us oh, thinking: is. is that kind of since uh, this has just been a big cultural revenge of the nerds the last ten <laughs> fifteen years? Is is this the, like the last little nerd click to finally <laughs> get their due? I think so. I think it's time. Hmm. Well, you are. Yeah, I know you're from Canada, and I yes. don't hold that against you. But I'm wondering <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> if, if it was the same kind of culture back then. Were you in theater in high school? Were you guys kind of your own little group, et cetera? Um, no, I actually didn't get into theater until doing The Lion King. I didn't really know much about it. Um, I didn't know much about musical theater or Broadway at that. Um, I just knew I liked singing my church and just became a part of our little drama team at church, but um, didn't well, really do counts. much musical theater, yeah. So, um, but that's pretty much where I got most of my experience before actually getting um, The Lion King. Um, I would just do my little plays and stuff at my at my home church. Okay, so let me see yeah, if I understand this right then. Mm-hmm. You got a little experience singing in church and doing some some plays, some, some short skits, I imagine. And mm-hmm. then from there, you learned about Broadway by doing Nala in The Lion King. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of a leapfrog. I mean, I know you originally got hired to the German cast, but that's yeah. really not that... It, it's not exactly a knock on your skills. No, absolutely not. <laughs> a friend of mine told me the open casting call, and I was working there for about a year and a half uh, until I got 
uh, told that I was going to Germany to perform at Nile over there. Is that you make it sound kind of like the army? You were just you signed up and they told you, well, now you're going to Germany. I was drafted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you, and I understand you, you, you don't exactly uh, speak German. No, I didn't know anything. I didn't know any German at all. So I had to learn the script phonetically. And as I spent more time in, in the city, um, you know, I picked up some words here and there and I could kind of communicate um, don't know much of it now because it's been a while, but um, yeah, I definitely did not know any German before going to the show. Wow. Now that's that's some bravery because it sounds like you just sort of said one day, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to audition for a Broadway play. Uh, and then you got drafted and, and assigned to Germany despite yeah. not knowing any German. What was What was it like when you were called to come join the Broadway cast then? How did that uh, feel? Um. It was it was kind of unreal, actually. Like I was like, um, sure, I guess. I mean, are they sure? <laughs> um, <laughs> but but knowing and realizing how huge it was, and again, I was still getting to know what the full musical theater thing was, how big of a deal Broadway was. Um, I was like, wow. I was I was definitely shocked, um, and wasn't expecting it to happen at all. Um, well, I thought I was just going to finish Germany and just go back home and well, figure out something. What is that like then, I guess, to, to finish a run? I mean, the the show is still going on. It was going on before you went to Germany. Yeah. It is, as far yeah. as I understand, still going on now. Still is. So is yeah. it like a, like a set number of years, like a, like a tour of duty that they assign you to? Well, each uh, principal cast has like a contract that's like year by year. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to Germany, they were celebrating their 10 year anniversary, uh, 10 year anniversary and um, decided after my one year run that I wanted to just end my contract there and go home and try to do some work back from where I'm from. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you have to be here for so long. And they kind of give you that choice, you know, whether or not they want to keep you or if you wanted to stay. Well, and, and then... The same thing for, uh, for Broadway as well. So what what was your... Uh, where was your mindset when you got the uh, Broadway offer? Were you thinking, all right, I've done my year in Germany, now I'm going to head back home, and then all out of the blue, the opportunity came up? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's what it was. It was... Okay, I'm going to go home, and then I got the call. Hey, we want you to fly out to London to audition for Julie Taymor. Um, would you mind coming and checking it out? Um, and I said, I mean, of course, I'm not going to just completely shut out Germany. I mean, shut up Disney and The Lion King. And you never know what kind of opportunity to come after it. So I said, why not? Get a trip to London for three days. <laughs> and... Uh, I did the audition for Julie, and from then I wasn't expecting to hear so quickly, but it was a couple weeks later that they offered me the position on Broadway. Well, um, so, yeah, it was a shock. Well, it was belated a congratulations. Shock. Thank you. <laughs> but now, yeah, did... I definitely didn't think I was going to get right back into it as, as soon as I did, but, um, yeah, that's how quick it happened. And then you basically... Uh... 
got off the plane at JFK, walked down to Times Square, put on the outfit, and it's been eight shows a week ever since. Right. So after that audition, I didn't start until, like, I think it was, like, two or three months after that audition because they had to do the transition, and the, the person before me had to finish out her contract. Um, and then, yeah, it was pretty much. I had a nice little three months off, spend time with my family, and then I moved, I moved to New York. And I've been here for three years. Oh, man. Any any end in sight? Are you thinking about going back to Germany yet? Um, I would go back to Germany to visit my friends. Um, what a right diplomatic now, answer. <laughs> right now, I'm just focusing on continuing my run here and uh, doing some more film and television as well. All right. Well, well, that brings me to my next point, because as I mentioned, mm-hmm. you're you're in the, the movie Race coming yeah. up. Which oh, mm-hmm. and I get the subtext. That was pretty good. I see what you did there. <laughs> but the how if you're doing eight or nine shows a week, yeah. How on mm-hmm. earth do you film a movie? <laughs> well, um, what's really great here is uh, with Disney is they allow us as artists to do other things, and they give us the time off if it's if you know if they're able to give it to us. Um, if not too many people are off already. To go and do other things, which is great because we have a lot of dancers and a lot of amazing performers in the show that do stuff outside of Lion King. We have choreographers that are putting on, you know, different shows, um, so like Broadway Cares, and um, they're doing concerts, you know, their own little mini concerts and stuff, which is great. So it gives us the time to really be free as artists to uh, explore and to do other things and to be creative, you know? Oh, that's good because I, mm-hmm. I think you know. I mean, it's not that it isn't a, one heck of an accomplishment to be on Broadway eight, nine mm-hmm. times a week in The Lion King, no less, which is one of the big boys. It's one of the heavy hitters. Yeah. But to be able to then still be able to, you know, spread your wings and and you know start doing some movie and TV. So what what other movies and TV can we see you in if we can't make it to New York anytime soon? Um, well, like you said, Race is coming out February 19th. Um, so that's actually my first uh, feature film, my first major film. Woo! Um, yeah, first one. And it's a big one. So it's, <laughs> yep. I'm so honored to be a part of this of this film. And it's coming at such a great time. And, of course, during Black History Month is great. Um, so, yeah, other than that, I've been working on some short films with a friend of mine, his name is James Brown Orleans. He's also in Lion King. He plays Bonsai, one of the hyenas. And he's a director, writer, producer, actor. And so we do a lot of um, collaborations together um, and doing some short films. And uh, one that we finished is called Teacher's Nightmare, and he's right now submitting them to a bunch of different film festivals. And we received one award for Best Drama Short from the Wendy's International Film Festival. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it a pretty really good exciting. start. Yeah, I think so too. And it tells a great story. So, um, during the show, we seem to we get together during intermission pretty much and say, okay, I have an idea for our next short. So let's do this. And we just brainstorm within our like 15 minute break and head back to the stage. <laughs> Who does so, that? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy people. Crazy people with minds that don't rest. That's true. <laughs> well, it's it's gotta be that that work ethic really impresses me. My my hat is off to you, but I will Thank never you. ever follow your lead. Uh, 
Yeah, we're pretty crazy over here. It's a good crazy though. <laughs> Well, so does this kind of sing, signal the uh, the idea that you want to break off? You've had nothing but great things to say about Disney and The Lion King, but yeah. but it sounds like you kind of want to prefer to break off and do your own thing. Well, you know what? I I'm so grateful for Disney, and I mean they are the they started this up for me, and I never would have experienced anything like this. I don't think had I been given the chance to play Nala, you know, when they first accepted me in Germany and so I feel like they are the they're the ones that awoke something in me that I never knew was there. And I will forever be grateful to Disney and Lion King of course. Um but they are, like I said, very open to letting us spread our wings and to try new things. And I feel like I've I've had such a great relationship with them and I obviously whenever the time is to come for me to leave the show, I will be seeing them again. You know what I mean? We're like a family. And uh, and I'm so excited to see what's to come next, um, whether it be another Disney show or, you know, a Broadway play or some more film and TV. But um, Disney is where I started, so it's always going to be home for me. Oh, that's, that's, that's great to hear that sentiment. And, mm-hmm. and I think I can attest to that because you know, Disney has never, ever given me any role in anything and I'm pretty disappointed with my life. So I can see no. why you were able to, to, you know, turn that into gold. Good work. All right. Well, you know, and and it is refreshing actually hear people say nice things about Disney because they're, you know, they're they're always the elephant in the room. And they they take a lot of punches, but they produce a lot of stuff that I think is worthwhile. And yeah. I'll leave the moral judgments to documentary makers later on in the future. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> that that came out harsher than I wanted it to. Oh, uh, yeah, this is bad. <laughs> no. no, they they gave us Little Mermaid, everybody. It's not so bad. Lion oh, King, God, if you're right. in Lion Broadway, King. Lion King, you can't miss it. The classics. That's right. All right, so thank you so much for, for speaking with us, too, Chantel. I, I, I wish you were more of a drama nerd, because now I still don't feel kind of ready to talk about it. Uh-oh. I, I it, you know what it might just be going back into the into the secret files. Although I guess at this point uh, you've been you've been on theater you've been in theater you say you're still kind of learning it but you've been doing yeah. it for a few years now. Yeah. Surely right. you know something about the theater culture and uh, it is different from you know the music industry the film industry the TV industry there is something you know, not pretentious, but it is smaller yet greater than. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was it was yeah, so no, good to be totally. a part of that when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, theater is always going to be where people want to come back to. And that's why I'm so glad I got to start here um, rather than starting on screen first because there's so much that I learned by being on stage. You know, good stuff and bad stuff. You know what I mean? What to do and what not to do. And whenever I listen to, like, some huge actors like Samuel Jackson and, you know, Kate Lynch and all these people, they always talk about how they started in theater and how important it was for them to, to be on stage and how much they love coming back to the stage even. You know, we learn. There's hard things in theater just as much as there's hard things in music and, and film and television as well. Yep, yep. I think, you know, even even if I didn't go any further than, you know, a couple of years in college with theater, 
Shit, I just admitted it was in college too. Anyway, even Ooh. if I, even if that's as far as it went, <laughs> if nothing else, it it taught me one of the most important things in life, and that is to project. Yes. And you can take that on lots of levels, and I like to leave it at that. Well, all right. Thank you so much for talking to us, Chantel. Uh, good luck tonight. I hope we didn't use up too much of your voice. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you guys don't mind following me on my social media, I've got Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Chantel underscore Riley. And my Facebook is Twitter, uh, sorry, Facebook.com slash C. Camille Riley. <laughs> there you go. You know, I was able to find her Facebook, no problem, and I didn't know any of that. So I know you can do it home. All Thank right, we'll guys. see you on stage or more likely social media and then the big screen. Thank you so much. Chantel Riley, everybody. <laughs> Take care. Follow my nose. A morning ride would be. <laughs> wow, look at his moves. On the sports hoops. Lemon is scary. Lemon is scary. Fruit Loops. Kellogg's Fruit Loops cereal, a fruitful part of this complete breakfast. Disney's The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride is now available Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, everybody. It's not exactly the show that Chantel Riley is in, but still. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to get a cereal commercial that has something to do with the Lion King... That's about all you're going to find. That's good. <laughs> good work on you if you actually do better. So stuff it. You're right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult to find any Broadway musical branded cereal. <laughs> isn't, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Because I think we, we uh, everything on this show, we obviously, everything else that we liked and participated in. Right. We glorify. Kids, I mean, I, I played soccer for four years. Yeah. I ate the hell out of kicks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> there, was a, there was a special synergy in all that. Uh -huh. Theater, though, was always a little bit different, and maybe that's why we sort of co still compartmentalize it. I think Between so. Us. It, it seems we, to have eluded the popular culture, like the mainstream popular yeah. culture. Now, it and produces all of our people. Uh, it produces all these incredible, you know, talents. Chantel's one of them, you know, but it's, you like, know. There's, there's, there's great stuff out there. Now, Chantel Riley, who, uh, she's not in the cartoon. I don't know if you remember that from... Nope, not in the cartoon. She's way too young to be in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she wasn't alive when the cartoon she probably came out. She might have been alive. Yeah, she might have. Yeah. She might have. She might have been. But uh, that was the lovely Chantel Riley who plays Nala lovely on doesn't, Broadway. Lovely doesn't cover it. She's, in, she's stunning. She's you are incredible. Right. She's I don't want to get creepy, but she's wow. She's crazy. She's... I mean, everyone's got to check her out. Uh, she's on Twitter... Uh, at Chantel underscore Riley, I believe, is her Twitter mm -hmm. feed. But, um, yeah, she's she's just something else. I think she's going to take over the world. Yeah. Watch out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We even watched, a, uh, uh, just just for preparation's sake, mind you, mm -hmm. we checked out a few YouTube videos. Of her singing. Of her singing she, uh, in front of an audience. She covers with a, her, Adele. With partner she mentioned. She covers Bob Marley. She's really good. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. We uh we did not we didn't look very hard, but we did not see any clips of her actually performing on stage in Broadway. Yeah. And I think there's a reason for that. The big Disney theater is still you know, like theater 
even though we talk about it like it's so different yeah. from what uh, what the rest of the entertainment is, because it really is a little bit different, I think. I mean, that's a big deal. They do it eight times a, a day. And you think you think your ticket to a late-night movie is expensive. Yeah. You go to see her perform on Broadway, it's like 150 bucks. And that's or something, a crappy right? seat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you get as a tourist walking in last minute kind of thing. You're right. You're right. So but, but it's still it's still happening, which means people are still buying. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's a, and that's what maybe maybe I should just say it like this. Supply is very limited. Mm-hmm. Keeps demand up. Yeah. So theater viably can just keep going on. Well and this supply is, and this doesn't is, keep the demand up. Supply and demand where they cross is what dictates what the price is. But there, there, there is a finite supply You're of right. theater. And it's hard to do, mm-hmm. as we have grown an appreciation for, even how badly we did when we were in high school. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I <laughs> swear, adds to everybody right now, though. everyone right now listening is going, we were pretty good. No, no you were not good. You weren't. You were we horrible. Weren't. None of us were good in musical theater in high if school. If you had 50 There's lines a couple in high school, you. you had one or two good lines, <laughs> and that just impressed it was Just like a puppy who barks on command. That's basically how good we were. Like, But we had the passion. Now, some and of it you, was the funnest. And also, yes, yeah, some of you had talent, and some of you are very good, and some of you grew up to be in Broadway. But what I'm saying is high school musicals are horrible, mm-hmm. even the one that you were in. And it doesn't matter because it it, was so much fun. It was so amazing. That just makes me more and more angry that Chantel Riley didn't actually do it. What a trip, right? She didn't get that thrill on a high school stage. She got it on a Broadway stage. Wow. It's amazing. And Uh, she's apparently doing it really well because she... You know, she was good. At, she started in Germany, right? Yeah. On that, on she, that she production. She auditioned for it, and then she said, I don't know if they used the words, but they said, ah, you're close. Why don't you go to Germany Yeah, for a while? And she worked She worked it out there. She purposely did that just, just to keep an eye on her, uh-huh. see her progress, and then brought, brought her, her back. back. And now, she's, now she's working every night. You know, any chance she has when she's not talking to me, mm-hmm. she tends to be, well, performing on Broadway. Yeah. So there you go. There is there is still theater and I don't know why we kind of felt like maybe it was something we should be ashamed of or why we didn't talk about it more. I don't plan to talk about it anymore, but I figured this episode was enough to bring it out. I think I know why though. There's a reason behind everything, right? I think I know why we don't talk about it. What? Uh it's because you formed those memories and bonds with specific people. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bunch, it's a series of inside jokes and inside stories. And because you know, it's bad, <laughs> you, no one else is going to care. Right. The only people that care about this are the people that you were, you know, with at like that a time. safety performing bubble. It is, you know, we had so much fun. Doing, it didn't really matter if it was good or, or not. You know, mm-hmm. what, what you're forming in your mind at the at that young age are these experiences, and again, so like you, high you, like, school theater is like a giant trust exercise. I love it. Yeah, well, it's like a bunch of those. Yeah. Um, what are those water monkeys? You just you you just pour the flakes inside the water, and you sea see monkeys. them all, sea monkeys, and you see them all dancing around. Eventually. Water monkeys. Sorry, <laughs> they always died anyway. 
<laughs> but <laughs> well, you were calling them the wrong thing. But yeah, go on. Well, no, man. Like that's where all this stuff was happening, man. Yeah. It was just like you know, add add this to water and watch life happen. And that's what the musical experience was, or or the the theater or experience, the theater experience the, the in high school, theater yeah, thing where yeah. you could all sort of be bad together. But if you try hard, everybody feels that stress. I I get that. I get that's that. That's what it was. And maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's about forming a team, man. It's about being a part of a group. It's about well, that responsibility. Sounds it's a whole lot things. like what we're always talking about: the Comic Con culture. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. That's what we're about. We all just we we find these little pockets of solace <laughs> and you know support. No matter how weird it is that we're into this thing, no matter about yeah. how much yeah. you know. Um, and people know me well enough that they know how into Star Wars I am. Yeah, you know. And so when there's they're at some store or whatever, and they'll see something of Star Wars, and I just get text that, right? Hey, check this out. I saw this over here. I thought of you. You know what I mean? These are people participating. That's our culture, in my, baby. Yeah, that's, in, in my that's interest. That's serialite culture. Yeah. That's what we're promoting. We're not a cult. Nope. And if someone from the FBI has told you different, you don't listen to them. <laughs> All right. So I think I think, I think think that's why we had to bring it up. Dumb All right. So that's that's... That's where theater falls in the umbrella, and that's why I shouldn't even I, – I keep talking about it like it's a different subject. We are both theater geeks. We're yeah. both comic book geeks. We're both superhero geeks. Sci-fi. Sci-fi nerds. So you know what? Big umbrella. Everybody's welcome. And we in, even inside the umbrella, we don't have to be afraid to talk about theater. It's awesome. <laughs> I also played Axes and Allies a lot. I'm All right. Come on, say that. Well, there should be a line somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, as as you faithful listeners will know, here is the time of the show before we wind it all down where we do our new segment, What You've Been Watching. I should ask you first what you've been watching. You want to ask what I've been watching? Yeah, I want to know. All right, fair enough. What you've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you asked, Marky, what I've been watching this week was Mad Dogs. I never on heard of Amazon. This. I never heard of this. A lot of people haven't. And who knows, a lot of people might not. But I'm trying to help get the word out. Okay. Because it's good, you say. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> so, all right. Quite so honestly. With this, tacit, with this tacit endorsement, tell us more about this movie. It's about uh, they got ten one-hour episodes that just dropped on Amazon. That is, it's wait a minute, one of those that's Amazon about 10 Prime. Hours. If you got Amazon Prime and ten hours, you can just sit down and watch this thing. Oh my God, this Most. sounds horrible. Oh, but I know. Keep going. I don't blame you. Let's fight through. <laughs> All right. So, what's this movie called again? Anyway, it's called Mad Dogs. It's right, based Dog. on a British show that was like four episodes long. Okay. Anyway, this was when Amazon likes to put out their pilots for the general public mm-hmm. to vote on. Mm-hmm. And then a year or so later, suddenly they'll just drop one of those series on you. This is one of them. Some have been great, some not so much. This one's, I'd say, right in the middle. If you got the time, like I said, you can watch it. But. Uh, basically, it's about four who's in it middle-aged men who, and it's a great cast. I'm glad you asked. We got Z- Steve Zahn. Oh, Steve Zahn, all right. 
Uh, you got Michael Imperioli, Ooh. Spider himself. Uh, it's Christopher Sopranos. Yep. Yeah. You got uh, Ramoni Malco, I think is the guy's name. Who and the name's not going to ring a bell, but uh, is the guy from Weeds? He's the guy from uh, Yeah, I know. Forty year old version. Yep. yep. He's the one black friend. In yeah. Forty year old. The bald version. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see color, but I know he's bald. Yeah. 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 I see hair. <laughs> I see hair, and I know when it's not there. You're talking about the bald guy. Hey, Loki. I'm not going to be PC here, all right? The guy's bald. Let's say it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's actually a great cast. They uh, Everybody does a pretty good job in their role. Uh, the thing just, you can't decide if it's going to be like some kind of crazy Twin Peaks thing or if it's going to be like uh, City Slickers with... Like those middle are, aged those man are two revelations. things that have nothing to do with each other. Exactly, and they mash them up a lot, and they kind of work sometimes. Like I said, if you got the time, check it out. I give it seven out of ten stars. That's still that's a good review. Seven out of ten. Maybe you need to rework your your classifications here. No, seven. It's still good enough. It's just that I was <laughs> when you commit to ten hours, you're like, man, this better be like all three Godfathers. Plus sixty minutes, but it's worth. not like they made you finish it. So, but you still, you which still is the thing, it. they it was good enough. I couldn't not. So it's, it, it was a lot like there that. are streaming shows I give up on. It was this a lot like that second season of House of Cards. Is that what you're telling me? Second season was is a lot like the third season of House of Cards. Oh yeah, you're right. The yeah. third season. That's what the I most meant. recent. One. Oh, it's horrible. Yes, that I watched mostly as. Courtesy to the first two seasons. <laughs> I know. Okay, I, I owed it so to them. So this one, I was like, <laughs> all right, I am going to watch it because that was a decent cliffhanger, but I'm starting to be more annoyed than entertained by these characters. Eh, I, I don't want to get too deep into it. That's where I stand. Like I said, you got the time. Watch it. Uh, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad yet, fucking watch that first. Anyway, Marky, <laughs> what you been watching this week? Oh, man. Every once in a while, not every once in a while, I get bombarded with press releases and check out this new show and here's a link to a screener and I really, really try to watch it all. I really do. Uh, I mean, tough. I at least I, try to start I, it. I, I you know, you know, I at least got to start it and kind of, kind of give it a chance. But everything that's been on this show has been personally vetted by me. No, you know, it's got my thumbs up, and I don't put stuff up here I don't like. Yeah, because we're not here about a bad to bash stuff. You know, we're here to celebrate, celebrate, mm, peace, power to the people. All right, mm-hmm. okay. So what happens here is that every once in a while, I get turned on to something really, really good. And right now on True TV, there's this little show. It's going to premiere February 11th. I know it. Yes, yeah. and uh, I, I made I you watch them all. Yeah, yeah, I should have yeah. known this is what you'd say. No, yeah. it's good. It's yeah, good. It's good. It's talking about those who can't. Those who can't, uh, which is a oh, show right. about teachers. And this is this is special. This is insider exactly. because there's no way any of you, well, there's no way most of you could have been watching that this week because you got a special screener. Exactly. I got to some it. screener links, right? And mm-hmm. now, what what I did here, which you guys are all going to find out. Uh, here pretty soon is that uh, I asked my partner here in crime to uh, interview the guys who created this That's without true. having That's seen true. the show. Those three guys, I didn't realize there were screeners involved. Well, I know. I thought we were all just as as a collective public just just look waiting up for February 11th. <laughs> so I was like, ah, you know, we'll talk about the show when we can see it. But I'm very sorry. 
but to, uh, uh, to all the boys and <laughs> involved, Adam, Kate, and Holland, Ben Roy, Andrew Overdahl, my apologies. Uh, there's no need to apologize because the reason why they're on the show is because their co-star happens to be one of the girls of Hollywood that I find the most adorable, Maria Thayer. Maria Thayer, one <laughs> so, of our first guests. As soon as I saw I her, still love Maria I know. Thayer. And as soon as I saw her on the cast, I instantly gave this show a chance. Yep. And I really enjoyed it. I. She's got a she's got a prominent role in it. She's too. she's yeah. one of the stars of the show. She yeah. I I love the character that I love her position in this. Like yeah. it's re- it's it's fantastic. And for those of you that have yet to see this, uh, this is what you have to look forward to. It's you know we always talk about how you know we like to celebrate the themes that we grew up with, but mm-hmm. that grew with us. Yeah. And something is happening here. Like all of a sudden, that high school show. Um, you know, in some ways, the Cosby Show was one. Uh, Wonder Years was a high school show. Yeah. Um, Saved by the Bell was a high school show. You know, nine hundred two one zero, and so on and so on and so on. This one, but uh, but I, I think I'm picking up on a theme in all these. Those shows were all shown from the perspective of the students. Exactly, that's the ones we we our generation were supposed to sympathize. Exactly, with. but now we are now the age of the teachers. That's right. So it's now it's a show about a high school, but from the teacher's perspective. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They are. They're the worst. <laughs> They're the. They are backstabbing <laughs> each other. They are trying to sleep with each other. They are messing with the kids. They are like it's. This is a great way, a great angle yeah. at what is a traditional and to, like to us, we out we outgrow the high school show, right? Yeah. We've outgrown it. Yeah, but now we get I don't to need see to watch it. anymore. It's, 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 for it's kids. weird. Yeah, it's weird. This is still for us, but now they've just graduated to teaching. Yep, pun intended. They're it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but they work at a school instead of a bar. Basically, they are that immature. They are that irresponsible they are i mean and and it's great it's one of those that could be any any level of decency because it's broad enough say okay it's a show about a bunch of bunch of teachers right but the writing is so good in it and they have such a great cast yeah yeah and i I actually my my whole maria thayer aside they have you know kyle canane right and so on and so on i mean it's it's uh um in my mad genius here, what I was doing was I wanted you to talk to these guys. Mm. Let us get to know them a little bit. I wanted to know what these guys were like. Yeah. Be, so that, and I didn't want you just talking about the show with them. You, you, you know, oh, I mean, you thought like I, I wanted caught up. In yeah, fan girl. Exactly. All of I don't want you to be oh, all twinkle toes oh, here. Thanks for bailing me. Out. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. This is a funny show, but I wanted to get to know them a little bit. And thanks to your great interviewing skills, yes, we actually have for you the the, the trick is to remain <laughs> clueless. You're right. <laughs> Go in like a blank slate. <laughs> but Empty uh, breeze. these guys turned out to be great, and I, I would love to present this interview to our Yeah, to Let, our let's, uh, let's take a quick second. Let's uh, talk to Adam, Kate, and Holland, Ben Roy, Andrew Overdahl, collectively on stage known as Grolix, 
individually uh-huh. known as, well, you just heard me say it, and on television known as Those Who Can't. Take it away, magic surprise interview machine. Meanwhile, uh, I am I am speaking to Grolix here, right? Yep, yep. This is Andrew. This is Ben. This is Adam. But we can preface our answers with our names, so we probably sound alike. That, but that was still very impressive. I see you guys have a have a lot of experience uh, doing a doing a sound off. <laughs> For sure. So I know we're here to talk about uh, those who can't. The new show you guys are doing, uh, and by show I mean something on TV, something you can buy and watch on your laptop if you want. But you guys have a long history with actual stand-up improv, and and you know, you're performers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, not I don't know so much about improv, but definitely stand-up uh, is a big part of our background. Yeah, it's where we all, this is Andrew, that's where we all met and got our start. We did stand-up for over a decade before we got into the uh, the writing of of show idea stuff. Oh, well, I've actually seen some of your stand-up, and you're telling me you, you write it beforehand? Hard to believe. I know, I know. Ooh. <laughs> Little zinger. I actually had that one written down, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> you got to come prepared. I get it. <laughs> so, so, so uh, the nutshell story is three guys, long history in in stand up comedy, and you guys all do your own separate stand up acts, right? You're not a comedy team on stage in that sense, right? Right. This is Adam. We all do our own stand up, and we all tour individually, but. We also perform as the Grolix, which is just kind of a three-man thing. But at a Grolix show, we do our three-man act up front, and then it's just straight stand-up after that. All right, so what are the subtle differences between a three-man act and then when one guy gets to go out and just do his own his own material? There's two additional microphones. <laughs> <laughs> that was key. That was key. Yeah, I, I'd, say, I'd say the biggest difference is that usually it's, it's kind of uh, like the intro or if we're doing a sketch, it's more kind of along the line of our chemistry um, that our characters have on the show, whereas our, which are characters that we're playing um, on, obviously on the show. And then our stand-up is more, you, you know, uh, more, and I think, in our actual voices. Uh, as opposed to, you know, these characters that we play, these inflated parts of our ego that we play for the show or for our web series. Yeah, the three-man thing is exaggerations. When we're on the mics one up by ourselves, it's very more who we are. Okay. Which which one do you do you all feel more comfortable with being? And go ahead and take turns. This is Andrew. Uh, <laughs> I think I feel comfortable with both. I've done... I've done comedy on my own plenty. I don't. I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. It's obviously more fun with Adam and Ben because then you have your friends and you can play off each other, and it it sort of feels different every time um, you're out there. It's always more fun if you can travel with your friends. Like in the world, of, the world of stand-up can be pretty lonely in that a lot of times you're just by yourself. You're sitting in some hotel room by a strip mall in the suburbs for a week. There's nothing to do. Um, but any time you can be with your friends, that just that is, improves that greatly. Well, you yeah, must have better friends ben. than I. Yeah. <laughs> I. Yeah, put friends in quotes. I just meant, you know, somebody to split the dinner tab with three ways. 
<laughs> yeah, BF Chang's gets expensive every night. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think uh, I probably prefer. I don't know. I mean, it's just now we've been doing them probably about the same amount of time. Well, a little bit less, but but uh, I would say probably stand up for me. I mean, I've um, been doing that for eleven years, and I think that voice uh, being on stage is closer to my actual personality, if not who I really am. So I think it's much easier, obviously, to be yourself than to play a character. But um, I, you know, I like doing both. I, I think it's fun, but I think stand-up's probably more my bread and butter. Ooh. I don't know about Adam. Adam Adam hates both. He I'm said. sorry, I was eating. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like both, honestly. I agree with Ben. It's just easier to do a single man act, but it's a lot more fresh feeling with Ben and Andrew because I never know which way it's going to go. There's a lot of improv, so I really enjoy both. If I had, if I do one for too long, I miss the other. So I, I enjoy both. All right. Well, then, then as a way to segue into the new show, those who can't, which is uh, as if you know the saying, you can probably guess, is about teachers. That's completely character. You guys aren't yourselves in this at all. In fact, you wear you, you go as far as to wear costumes and go and and film on sets. I'm yeah, pretty sure I, mean, I haven't seen it, but these are my guesses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I think uh, when we created these characters originally for our web series, they were kind of they're very exaggerated cartoon versions of our worst traits. Um, you know, so for instance, this has been my character, Shoemaker is, you know, he's he's kind of a a Pandora's box of emotion. You know, he's always very volatile, whether it's you know sad or happy or whatnot, you know, or angry, a lot of the time. So um, he plays a very aggressive version. I'm not that, but definitely tend to be the most emotional of the three of us. I think. And mm-hmm. yeah, my character, our characters are all based off ourselves. I mean, this is Adam. My character, I describe as a pretentious bro, and I have both qualities that I suppress very well in real life because I would be an asshole person. But on the uh, on the TV show, it's fun to let them emerge. You 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 feel safer doing it there, and you promise you don't. Yeah, because it it's real just life. like a it's a fake world, you know. So it's kind of like a fake version of yourself, so we just kind of allow ourselves to uh, indulge in our worst qualities. All right. How 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 low are you willing to let these characters go then? I don't think there's any depth that huh. we want. Mine, we let them go pretty low. <laughs> That's exactly as as what we wanted to hear. Character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. I'm I'm interested in the the whole the arc because I think. This is in the new model of, of distribution and all. This is kind of the way you can go. It's a uh, like Broken Lizard back in the in the good old days. You know, was kind of like that comedy troupe that people likened them back to Monty Python. Back to it was it just seemed to be like one a generation would come out and turn from performance to television, even hit up to movies. And is that where you're headed next? Are you going to get on network and then uh, start making blockbusters? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Andrew. Um, yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to make a movie. We. Uh, okay, well, I wasn't it just relates to work. On... What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're ready. Take us with you. <laughs> um, yeah, we would. We would love to. We're all huge fans of movies, and yeah, we'd love to to work on a movie. Actually, before True picked up the show. We were sort of cooking up an idea of those who can as a feature film, and then True came along and and bought it uh, as as the series. But that was that was one direction we had been thinking about taking it before before that happened. You can tell uh, me I think honestly, people like was that using comedy groups because they have built in built in chemistry, um, and so instead of casting a bunch of people and hoping that they that they mesh. Uh, when when you're dealing with a comedy group that's creators, it's proven that they mesh because they've been suffering each other for nine years. So uh, I think I think it's built in. Yeah, yeah. You so, guys have already had the foreplay. Exactly. Now it's down to the business. <laughs> so what kind of schedule does that leave you with then if you're now writing for a TV show, filming a TV show, on top of that, writing your stand-up, writing your collaborative act, putting on stage shows. Uh, do you guys go out and see movies anymore? Andrew, it's like it's like a day. Writing is like a day job. We're in here ten to six, writing, and and it it does leave you pretty drained. You have decision fatigue by the end of the day. I think all of our stand-up has suffered a little bit for it in terms of. Uh, in, in, in terms of churning out new stuff, because all of our energy goes to the show. But and then once we start shooting, then it's a nightmare schedule where it's every day is kind of a different different time, and a lot of times you're there for 12 hours. And the last thing you want to do when you get home is is go out and do a stand-up show. You're you're pretty beat. Um, so, but we we all have managed to maintain our stand-up careers. We all still still do do shows. It just it definitely takes more of an effort. Um, than it does when you're not working on the show, when you can just concentrate on stand-up. Well, let me yeah, ask. This is Ben. Oh, yeah, oh, go, ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I for sure, and I am, uh, you know, a, a wife and a son, and so also trying to fit family in there, along with other interests, like, you know, like music and things like that, like other things that we're all into individually. It's uh, Days are pretty packed. Especially right now with the premiere coming out on on February 11th, you know, press and travel and stuff like that. It's uh, not a whole lot of time for anything else. So, well, well, let me ask just just from the perspective for for all the aspiring uh, comedian, stage performer, television stars out there, which uh, which is the strongest leg on this table? What is paying you more? Who's putting the most butter on your bread? And so that they'll know to just concentrate on that. This is Adam. TV pays more than anything, of course. But if we didn't have our stand-up backgrounds, I don't think we'd be doing as good as we're doing. It sort of prepares you. The other day I was just like, oh, I guess this is what we were training for all those years and not really realizing it. Um, So, yeah, of course, like TV and movies pay way more. The only way you make a lot of money in stand-up is if you become a big star selling out theaters, and the only way to really do that is to toil for 30, 40 years or get on a TV show or movie and jump to that level. So we all kind of hope this really pushes all of our stand-up to the next level, individually and as a group as well, where we can play theaters and 
not have to do the shitty rooms you don't want to do. And it's, it's, I think one complements the other. Hmm. So you're saying there's no way out of There's no shortcut. There's no, there's no shortcut. Everybody, remember, True TV. We're going to keep our eye out for those who can't. You'll know it because they'll be wearing costumes and being on set. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Honor, integrity, courage under fire. This is all stuff you kids are going to learn today. Oh. All right, game on. To teach is to inspire. You're kind of a leader around here. So why don't we try being a leader to our peers, okay? Now I want you to apologize to this nerd. To enlighten. So who wants a virgin, barely alcoholic margarita? Who's in? Everybody? Yes, that's what I'm talking about, guys. We're having fun and we're learning. To challenge. Time's going to separate the strong from the weak. Introducing those who can. We could all try being a little more mature this year. <laughs> a new comedy from True TV. New series Thursday, February 11th. You are one of the most gifted teachers I've ever seen in my entire life. There's no way that's true. And there it is. That was Adam Caton Holland, Ben Roy, Andrew Overdahl talking about those who can't. Well, actually talking about their comedy collective Grolics. Yeah. Which, by the way... I don't think uh, it made it into the interview, but for those curious, a Grolic spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X is the name of those like weird punctuations and uh, and and dollar signs and asterisks that they use in um, comics when they curse. Um, Qbert. Well, Qbert's an example, but yeah, like anytime anyone in a comic book curses yeah, yeah. and they have to put one of those it's in. Called garlics. It uh, Gollics. Grolics. Grolics. That's and that's a real term, and oh, that's, I didn't that's know a, that. it's clever as hell, if you ask me. Learn Even if day. none of us know that, that's but anyway, great. they helped us learn that. So thanks again to those guys. Uh, and that show, by the way, is coming out to you and the general public February 11th on True TV. Mm-hmm. So you look that up for your local cable provider, and they will uh, escort you directly. To the front door of that show on February 11th. Mm-hmm. It's and good. It's good. If, if that uh, if that doesn't entertain you for at least say another week or so on February 19th, you can catch Chantel Riley in uh, what's that movie called? Race. I'm glad you said it like a like that because I don't know. It just there's some racial. There are some undertones. I mean, this is this is this is the Jesse is Owens story. Jesse everybody. Owens versus Hitler. <laughs> yeah. It's one of it's. It might be the most preeminent sports event in the history of man. Is when Jesse Owens performs in the, the 1936 Olympic Games uh, in Berlin. In Berlin, in when, Berlin, at the height of Nazi power in Germany. And I can't wait to see how he does in that race. Anyway, we'll all find out February nineteenth in a theater near you. And I promise, it's a big movie. It's going to be in a theater near you. Uh, let's see, Marky. Uh, you got anything else in your magic pocket? <sighs> that's enough of this. Yeah, you're right. That's enough of this, y'all. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 